0: It has been a crazy week. I have felt so overwhelmed and even down, dude. I I just got a lot on me and I'm tempted to not drop an episode this week. Put it, you know, off like, but I can't do it. I think of you guys out there that look forward to the weekly Grizz podcast episode. You're like, man, I need that. I need to eat some meat, Grizz. I need you to feed me. I don't want to let you down, dude. Made a commitment to drop at least one episode per week, and I'm sticking to it. Come hell or high water. Had some high water yesterday. Had a tropical storm come through here in the low country of South Carolina. It was crazy. Tornado. Cars flipping over while they're going down the highway. We survived. Everybody's okay here. Yeah. I'm taking this uh, college class for graduate school on pastoral counseling. And it's been a lot. It's a lot of reading this week. Got to finish like a whole book and then read like another half of a book. Then I got to write like this 10-page book review and this certain type of APA formatting documenting everything, bibliography page. And (laughs) I got to get on it. I mean, I'm on it, but I got to really get on it. So I was tempted to blow off dropping a podcast episode this week, but I'm like, I can't do it. Just doesn't feel right, man. Doesn't feel right. So anyway, here's what I want to talk to you about. Listen to me, guys. We all have something in our life that we wish wasn't there. We all do. We all have something in our life that we wish wasn't there. A sickness, an injury, an annoying coworker, a marital conflict, a financial debt, could be a wayward child. You fill in the blank. We all have something in our life that we wish wasn't there. And we cry out to God, Why is this happening to me? Why me? Deliver me, oh God, take this away, heal me, stop this pain and suffering pain and suffering why do we deal with it and what can we do in the midst of it that's what i want to talk to you about on this episode of the grizz podcast so here we go to the Grizz I appreciate you guys tuning in listening today is Thursday August 31st 2023 as usual here in the Grizz Cave in the low country South Carolina man I've been struggling again with my health and it messes with me man it messes with me mentally I get really down and discouraged sometimes That's what happened this week, man. I got down and discouraged. As many of you know, for many years, I've battled Lyme disease and some other tick-borne co-infections. It's been a roller coaster ride full of ups and downs. I'll make progress, begin to feel better. I go back to a semi-normal life, start being my normal, goofy, fun self, and then bam, bam, dude, I have a flare-up. And sometimes they may only last a day or a couple days. But man, this one, it's been lasting like three weeks. It's been extremely difficult to endure. And I'm good with pain. I'm I'm a veteran. You know what I'm saying? I got purple hearts. I've been there. Medal of Honor (laughs) with pain. Got my PhD in pain and suffering. But it has been... A difficult week more than usual. It has got my attention. Got this head pressure, brain fog that's been relentless. When it gets like that, I'm fumbling over my words. I got poor memory. Can't remember jack squat. Got this flu-like sick feeling. I mean, I thought I had COVID again because it's going around, right? There's some new strand out there that I know the Chinese government released on us, but... That's just my opinion. Anyway. Um, so I, I tested for COVID twice. I took the test twice this week. Cause I'm like, I'm telling you, man, I think I got it. This is, this is bad, but I don't have it. And then I was watching my body with like the muscle twitching all over. Legs are shaking. And I started having some sweats at different times. And, uh, what else? Um, uh, nausea was hitting um, and I was like you know this it's not COVID it's a bad flare-up It's a really bad flare-up and it annoys me sometimes I'm just venting right now it's therapeutic for me to come on here and vent it annoys me sometimes that everyone and their grandmother has a solution for me it does sometimes it just annoys me have you taken this antibiotic What about this herbal medicine? Have you tried a Rife machine? Have you tried this certain Lyme doctor's protocol? Have you considered hyperthermia treatments in Mexico or Germany? Have you you considered stem cell? What about ozone therapy? Do you use an infrared sauna? I bet you don't go enough. Have you tested for mold? Don't forget, use essential oils. Have you gone vegan, paleo, keto? Have you fasted? You should fast. You should fast for like three years. (laughs) Dude, I get all of it. It's so overwhelming, man. Look, I'm following a specific protocol that a Lyme doctor specialist has me on. She's battled Lyme, too. She's been through it. She's gotten it into remission. She's doing well. She's helped others do well. She gets a lot of good reviews. She's the third Lyme specialist that I've seen throughout this journey. I'm doing the best I can with treating this disease. I didn't catch it early. So it's really a challenge to get it into remission. That's the main thing I'm trying to do is really manage it and kind of keep it at bay. I do not believe... It's hard for me to say this, but, uh, and God could do anything if he wants to, but I do not believe I'll ever be completely rid of this until I get to heaven. At times that has really discouraged me. Let me grab a sip of my coffee here. Kind of missing my mouth right there. (laughs) I got issues, man. At times, that's really discouraged me, that I think this affliction will be with me until I get home to heaven. I've just talked to a lot of other people that have uh, late-stage chronic Lyme disease and everything that they've been through, all the different treatments, and they've made progress. Some have gotten it into remission, and then some have had a relapse, but I've not talked to any of them that would say, I'm completely rid of it. There's no more lingering effects. It's completely gone. So I'm trying to come to terms with that still. Um, at times, it's really discouraged me. I've had some dark days when I have begged God to take me home to heaven. Just, God, if this is going to be my lot in life, if I'm going to feel like this every single day, just take me home. Just. I don't want to be here. I don't want to live like this. I've had those kind of days. And like the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1.8, you know, he had those kind of days uh, where he said he despaired of life itself. He despaired of life itself. I'm like, yes, thank you for putting that in Scripture, Paul. God, ultimately, thank you. Thank you that I get to see that there are committed godly men trying to impact the world for Christ that had days where they despaired of life itself. Let me read that verse to you. Second Corinthians one eight for, we do not want you to be unaware brothers. We do not want you to be unaware of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. What was Paul doing there? Paul was sharing his pain and suffering with his brothers and sisters in Christ. Those whom he was trying to build up in the faith. He was sharing his pain and suffering with them. He wanted them to know that he wasn't living his best life now. You know what I'm saying? He wanted them to know that his Christian life wasn't pain-free. And that's what I do here on the Grizz podcast from time to time. I get vulnerable. I vent to you guys. And I let you know that, you know, I'm going through it. There is no problem pain-free life for the Grizz. I am blessed in many ways, dude. But my life is not, my Christian life is not pain and problem free. Physically, I hurt daily. I am a chronic pain sufferer. There's not a day that I don't hurt physically. I just want to remind some of you of that. Every day, something hurts. It's just that some days are more intense than others. The last three weeks have been very intense. I was recently thinking about that woman in Luke chapter 8. You remember the story. She walked up to Jesus. She touched him and instantly she's healed of all her sickness, all her pain, all her suffering, gone. Just because she walked up and touched Jesus. And I was thinking like, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. I wish I could be like right here in the Grizz Cave, and I got a window beside me. I can look out and I can see what's called North Creek Drive, and there goes Jesus walking down the street with his disciples and his entourage. Oh like, yeah, it's Jesus. And I could run outside. Push people out of the way. Watch out. Watch out, man. Thomas, get out of here. Peter, move, move, move. Andrew, dude, I will, I will drop kick you. Move. Just walk up and touch Jesus. I wish I could do that. Let me read that passage to you real quick. It's powerful, man. Luke chapter eight, verse 43 through 48. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him talking about Jesus and she touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked when they all denied it. Peter said, master, master, People are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touch me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and she fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. That's incredible. This woman had faith that if she could just get to Jesus and touch the Lord, touch him, she would be healed from her pain and suffering. So she went after Jesus. She took action faith without action is no faith at all she took action she knew he was god she knew he was good she knew he could heal her in the moment that she touched the great i am yahweh jehovah the creator of the universe the moment she touched him. Bam. Instantly, completely healed. It's an amazing true story. I wish I could do that today. I have begged God to heal me like that. I have thrown that passage in his face. I know that he is capable of. Of healing me like that. I know my God. Is omnipotent. Nothing is impossible for him. But listen to me. I also know. That sometimes. Healing. Is not his will for us. At least. Not yet. Sometimes. God allows his children to go through pain and suffering because it's part of his plan. There's some sort of purpose for it that we can't always see in the moment. Let's take a quick break. Then I want to share with you three reasons why God allows us to go through pain and suffering. Be right back. three reasons why we go through pain and suffering. Reason number one, it's your fault. It's your fault. Some of the pain and suffering in our lives. It's our fault. It's simply the result of the sinful, foolish decisions that we've made. And what's happening to us. We're reaping what we've sown. We're reaping what we've sown. You make sinful, foolish decisions. Dude, you're going to reap painful consequences. Galatians 6, 7 through 9 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now, this reminds me, this whole reaping, sowing and reaping, this, this, this concept, this principle. It reminds me of Proverbs chapter 6, which I've recently mentioned in previous episodes of the Grizz podcast. Proverbs chapter 6. I read it again yesterday in my quiet time. God makes it clear that the man who is foolish and goes off and commits adultery, and the man who does that is foolish. He is a fool to commit adultery. That he's going to reap painful consequences. God can forgive, but there are painful consequences. Verses 27 and 29 of Proverbs chapter 6 says, Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So is he who has sex with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. See, this man who commits adultery is going through pain and suffering. Why? It's his fault. It's his fault. It's the result of the sinful decisions that he has made. He didn't have to go through this pain and suffering. It's his fault. He is reaping what he has sown. Listen to what it says at the end of the chapter about this man who committed adultery. Verses 32 and 33. But a man who commits adultery has no sense, has no sense. Whoever does so destroys himself, blows and disgrace are his lot, and his shame will never be wiped away. Reaping and sowing, my brothers, and that's just one example of, you know, sowing and reaping. That's just one example. There are other things, other foolish, sinful decisions that guys make. And then they're like, Oh, no. What am I am I going through this? Why is life so bad? You did it. It's your fault. Reason number two, we go through pain and suffering. I just call it. Welcome to the planet. Welcome to the planet. Some pain and suffering in our lives is just the byproduct of living in a fallen world with fallen people and fallen bodies. Fallen world, fallen people, fallen bodies. It's just part of life's journey. The whole world is broken, newsflash, in case you didn't know. The whole world is broken. Everything, even the planet is broken. We, humanity, we are broken. We are broken physically, mentally, spiritually, relationally. If you think we are whole and everything we could be or were originally designed to be, you're wrong. You're wrong. We are broken. We are broken physically, mentally, spiritually, relationally. Some of you are like, obviously, look around, right? Turn on the news. <laughs> Just go out, meet a couple of your neighbors. You're going to figure out real quick. Broken. Take a good look at the man in the mirror. Guys, broken. We are broken physically, mentally, spiritually, relationally. We are in great need of a savior, of a healer, of a deliverer, of a restorer, of messiah. Things are not as they should be. Why? Because sin and death entered the world when Adam and Eve sinned back in Genesis chapter 3. Welcome to the planet. We have to stop expecting this life here on earth to always be pain and problem free. That's not reality. That's heaven. That's heaven. That's what we're looking forward to. That's what we have promised to us. If you've placed your heart faith in the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus told his disciples in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. John 16, Reason number three, we go through pain and suffering. I'm going to camp out on this one the longest. Because it's purging, purifying, and preparing us. Purging, purifying, and preparing Another possible reason for our pain and suffering is that God has orchestrated it to come into our life to purge, purify, and prepare us for his kingdom purposes. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul was dealing with in his own Christian life and ministry. He struggled with some sort of painful physical affliction a quote-unquote thorn in the flesh that he prayed for God to deliver him from. But God chose not to answer that prayer. Why would God do that? Because it kept Paul humble. And that's how God wanted him. Humble. It kept Paul humble. It allowed God's power to flow through Paul. God's power doesn't flow through an arrogant, prideful man. This physical affliction, whatever it was that Paul was going through, this thorn in the flesh, it purged, it purified, and it prepared Paul to be used by God in a mighty way. The Apostle Paul was a mighty weapon in the hand of God that turned the world upside down. Second Corinthians 12 verses seven through 10. He writes this because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. What revelations? Well, if you read, you know what comes before this section of scripture, we know that God took Paul up to see heaven, whether it was in a vision or whether it was actually in the body, real life. Paul says, man, I, I don't know, but I was there. I saw things. I heard things that no man has ever seen or heard and then come back to tell about it. Some things that he was allowed to share, some things he wasn't. And so it would have been easy for Paul to think, you know, he's the shiz because God allowed him to do this. So he says, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, To keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with my weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions and hardships for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Did you hear what God told him? My grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in your weakness, in your pain, your suffering. That's how my power is going to come through. People are going to know it's me. It's not you. So God's chastening or his disciplining of one of his children would fall under this reason because The main reason that God would ever bring any kind of chastening discipline into the life of a believer is to purge, purify, and prepare that believer to be mightily used by God. This is what Hebrews chapter 12 verses 5 through 11 talks about. That's what it describes. You look at it, it's it's not a pleasant passage to read. In some ways, it's like, oh, that's disturbing. That's scary. God might, you know, crack down on us. God might give us a whooping. Yeah, he might. What's the purpose? To purge, purify, and prepare you to be mightily used by God. This is what it says, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly The discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves, and He chastens every son whom He receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he, God, our Heavenly Father, disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness." For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Mm. Your pain and suffering could be God purging, purifying and preparing you to be mightily used by God. It could be keeping you from returning to your old sinful habits that were destroying your life. And if that's what your pain and suffering is doing, if it's keeping you from returning to your old sinful habits that were destroying your life, then you need to know that your pain and suffering, it's a very good thing. It's the most loving thing God can do for you. Because many times, no matter what program you're part of, no matter what accountability you get, No matter how much Bible you read, no matter how much you pray, there are some things that sinful things, strongholds that cannot be broken. Listen to what I'm saying. They cannot be broken unless God brings pain and suffering. I wish it was different. And you won't hear a lot of guys teach and preach that. It's the truth. Sometimes the only way certain old sinful habits strongholds get broken in our life is God brings pain and suffering. And if he does that, it's a loving, good thing. It shows that you truly do belong to God. If you didn't, he wouldn't care. He said, keep, keep, do what you're going to do. And reap what you've sown. But when God brings the pain and suffering for this reason, it's because you're his adopted son. He's disciplining you. So you can share in his holiness is what the writer of Hebrews says. And what is that going to do for you? It's going to bring the peaceful fruit of righteousness. It brings inner peace. Your sin will never bring you inner peace, by the way. Holiness brings wholeness. Righteousness brings this. And no matter no matter how bad life gets, everything being thrown at you and it's overwhelming, there's still this inner peace that you're like, but I know I'm living for God. I know... The way I'm living even behind the scenes... He is pleased. I'm a man of character. There's peace. You know, we all want... A quick miraculous spiritual transformation in our lives. Without pain and suffering. We all want a quick miraculous spiritual transformation in our lives without pain and suffering. We want we want God to like microwave us. Give us uh microwave sanctification. Like there's all these buttons on the microwave and there's one that's like, you know, there it is, there's sanctification. Hit that. No. You'll never see that button on a microwave. God God doesn't have that on his microwave. There's 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 nothing quick about it. Sanctification is more like the crock pot. Or A smoker. (laughs) Put them in there. How long is this going to take? A long time. But when it's done, it's going to be right. It's going to be good. Quick, miraculous spiritual transformation without pain and suffering. That's just not how it works, my brothers. That's just not how spiritual transformation works. You are a work in progress. You are God's masterpiece. He will chisel you and the chiseling hurts, but it's necessary. In order to build up, he will often break you down. He many times will grind you to dust, dust, But God does amazing things with dust, with dirt. He formed the first human being out of it. God says, Give me that dust. Give me that dust. Give give me that dirt that nobody wants. Watch this. You're God's masterpiece, you are a work in progress. There is no quick, miraculous, spiritual transformation. There is no Wapoofy. Wapoofy. It's a slow cook, man. It's a slow grind. So here's the big takeaway, man. Listen, guys, regardless of the cause behind our pain and suffering, Regardless of the cause, listen to me, you have to stop turning to sinful things to medicate when you're in pain and you're suffering. You have to stop turning to sinful things to medicate your pain and suffering, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, psychological, relational, whatever. Regardless of the cause behind your pain and suffering, you have to stop turning to sinful things to medicate it. You have to train yourself to turn to better things, turn to better things to deal with your pain and suffering. It's the biblical principle of replacement. That whole put off and put on. There's a better way to deal with pain and suffering. Stop turning to sinful things to medicate. When we're going through pain and suffering, it's so easy to turn to sinful things for some sort of temporary escape, relief, comfort. I need a hit. I need a fix. Man, I'm jonesing right now. I got the shakes. I can't take this, man. And we've all done it. That's our default programming. But it has to stop. It has to stop enough we need to reprogram reprogram our heart and our mind to turn to better things to deal with our pain and suffering got to do a romans 12 too. don't be conformed to this world don't 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 do what they do don't respond to pain and suffering the way everybody else does and go medicate with sinful things But be transformed. And how are we transformed? He says, by the renewal of your mind. Renew your mind. Learn a new way to be human. Learn a new way to deal with pain and suffering. We have to constantly remind ourselves sin is only going to make a rough situation much worse. Sin never makes things better. Haven't you learned that by now? Look at your past. Look at your track record. Look back. It has never made things better. It may momentarily gratify you, sedate you, numb you, but it never truly satisfies you. It doesn't give you that inner peace that we were talking about earlier. In Hebrews chapter 12. So I was trying to think of ways that uh, I deal with pain and suffering. Better ways that I've had to learn. I've had to learn to turn to better things in the midst of my pain and suffering. And some are, you know, pretty spiritual things. Some are just ways I mentally cope. Some are physical to help me. You know, we're, we're complex beings, body, soul, spirit, mind, all of it is in there. So I've had to learn better ways to deal with my pain and suffering. I am in pain. I am suffering the last three weeks more than usual. Maybe God wanted this because he's like this this is going to create a really good podcast episode. I need you to feel this because you're going to be a much better instrument to talk about this. You you're going to be one that doesn't just know what a book says or the bible says or you, you stole somebody's sermon notes, which I don't do. You should never do. Cheater. You're going to know what this is like firsthand, Jason. So here are some good things that I do that help me. Um, I read and I meditate upon God's promises. I read, I meditate upon God's promises. There are times I'll lay there in pain and I'll just think about Hebrews 13.5. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, Jason. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you feel, no matter how bad, how dark it gets. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Or I might think about Psalm 27, 1 and 2. Got that one memorized too. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Or I might go to Romans 8:38 and 39. And remind myself that nothing, nothing will ever separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus, my Lord. How else do I deal with pain and suffering? Pray, pray, pray without ceasing, pray, keep on praying. Do I pray for God to heal me? Yes. Do I pray for God to take the pain away? Yes. But sometimes he doesn't answer, just like he didn't answer that prayer for Paul. So then I adjust my prayers. God, if you're not going to take this away, God, give me the grace to endure. Give me the grace to stay faithful through it. Give me strength. Give me joy in the midst of it. Give me peace through it. God, use me. Use this. God, help me. Another way that I cope is just give thanks for the good things in my life. Stop focusing on the pain and suffering. Focus on what is good and right. Because things could be much worse. I don't care how bad it is. I promise you things could get much worse than they are right now. You got clean water? Give thanks. You got food? Give thanks. You got a bed to sleep in? Give thanks. You still got forgiveness in Christ? You still got Eternal life in heaven, give thanks. You still got the Holy Spirit, give thanks. Still got a friend that you could talk to, a men's group, got a church, pastor, give thanks. You got kidneys that work. You got intestines, digestive system that's working good. Give thanks for it. I'm telling you, give thanks for it. Got a respiratory system that's working right. Can you go work out and exercise and it not cause any kind of major distress or medical complications to your body? Can you go do that? Seriously, could you go do that? Man, you better give thanks. It'd be taken from you just like that. It can be. What you take for granted. Dude, there's so many of us. We punch you in the nose. You need to wake up. You're blessed. Worship is another way to deal with pain and suffering. Are you kidding, Grizz? The last thing I want to do in the midst of my pain and suffering is worship. I don't feel like worshiping. That's exactly when we should worship. That's real worship. I don't feel like worshiping. I'm hurting. I don't know where God is. I feel like God's abandoned me. I'm going to worship anyway. Let the devil and his demons watch and listen to that. Just like Job, though he slay me, yet I will praise him. I'll magnify him. I'm going to lift him up. Sometimes I journal, I vent in my journal, I get it out. My journal, I would never want it published after I die. Because it's sometimes really good, godly stuff. And then other times it's like, dude, he's got issues. Dude, he's going off. Dude, he's doubting God. He's yelling, saying this. Everything's in all caps. And he's talking about this person that pissed him off. Journal. I just get it out. I need to get it out. Unfiltered, uncensored. This is what's going on inside of my head, my heart. I need to get it out. Listen to uplifting, motivating music. Sometimes it's worship music. Lately, there's a really good Brandon Lake song that I like. Um, man, what is the name of that song? Let me look it up. Um, been listening to it. Uh, I can't believe I forgot the name. Oh, here it is. Um, Count them. I like that new song by Brandon Lake, Count 'em. So I'll rock that. But sometimes I go hardcore with like my motivational, like fight music. Might listen to some POD. Might listen to some Pillar, Reliant K, uh, Skillet. There's some like th- spiritual fight music. Sometimes I phone a friend. Hey, I need to talk. Need to vent. Need to get this out. I know you don't understand Lyme disease and chronic pain like I do. I know I know you don't go through depression. I don't expect you to have answers. I just need you to listen and pray for me. I just need someone to hear me and what I'm going through. One of the greatest ministries in the church, in the home, in friendships that is lacking is just listening. Just listen. Dude, I don't have all the training, man, like. Some of these other guys, man, I, I, I don't know everything. You don't have to. Do you know some of my best friends that have ministered to me the most? They don't have a college degree. They're not ordained or licensed. They're just really good listeners. And when they listen, dude, I can tell they care. And they'll text me and the next day and be like, You doing any better today? Praying for you, Grizz. Dude, I'll take them every day over Mr. PhD. I also tell guys when they're going through pain and suffering, reach out to your men's group. A lot of guys I work with are in what's called climb teams, recovery groups. You got to reach out. You don't just reach out when it's like, man, I slipped and I fell and I looked at something I shouldn't. No, you reach out when you're hurting. Hey, I'm hurting. And I want to medicate so bad with sinful things. Could you guys pray for me? Could you guys talk some truth to me in love? You could schedule a meeting with a pastor, a counselor. Go to church can't believe how many christians are in pain and suffering and they don't go to church at all they don't even try to go online okay maybe it's you're in a position where you you're hurting so bad with what you're going through you can't go in person but you don't even show up online exercise helps right now with what my body's doing i can't exercise intense this morning i just went for like a five mile bike ride around the neighborhood Slow bike ride. I'm on like a grandpa cruiser bike. I'm not talking about like a motorized cruiser. I'm talking about just a pedal beach cruiser. I got, I got mountain bikes in my garage. (laughs) I was like, nope. I need the cruiser bike. One speed pedal brakes. Yeah. Ladies are jogging, passing me. I'm like, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? All right. People walk by with their dog. Hey, hey, Ruffy. I'm just there on my cruiser. Slow five miles. Just got to move my body. Sunlight, fresh air. Trees. Past these little ponds in my neighborhood. Oh, there's a gator. There's a gator, man. I love seeing the gators. Go for a walk with my dog, Remy. I'm going to do that later today. He goes poop over this one special spot. It's a special poop spot. He loves that spot. I got to get the little bag, clean up his poop. I hate doing it, but I got to do it. All right, Remy, good job. That was good poo-poo, Remy. Exercise, move your body, get outside. Another thing is get the focus off of you. Go serve others. When you're going through pain and suffering, I know that you need to be ministered to. I know that you need attention You need to be listened to. But there's a point when you just got to be like, enough, enough. For the next hour or whatever, it's not about me. It's about other people. Man, you don't know everything I'm going through. I'm going through this divorce, man. I got this diagnosis from the doctor. Okay. I'm not saying you don't focus on it. I'm not saying that you don't take care of yourself. But there's a point where you're like, I'm going to focus on somebody else. Somebody else needs help. I'm going to call and check on someone else. I'm going to text somebody that needs help. I'm going to go visit somebody that needs help. I'm going to go make the next hour completely all about making my kids happy, doing something fun for them, or just listening to my wife. How's her day? What's going on? Make her dinner. Clean up the house for her. Get the focus off you. Go serve others. Another thing that helps with pain and suffering is just try to keep a sense of humor. Are you kidding? There is nothing funny about what I'm going through. Yeah, there is. You want to know who I learned this from? I learned a lot of stuff from these guys. Navy SEALs. Navy SEALs, they're great at this. Dude, they can be getting shot the hell up. And they'll be cracking jokes. It's a great way to cope and deal with pain and suffering. Loss. Anxiety. Some of you have seen that movie, Lone Survivor. Some of you have also read the book. I've read the book and seen the movie multiple times. I own the movie. I've seen multiple interviews with Marcus Luttrell. You know, man, when they finally get spotted by the Taliban fighters, the gunfight breaks out and the rolling down the mountain and falling, breaking bones, concussions when all hell's breaking loose. What do you see those guys doing? Still making some jokes, cutting up, trying to keep a sense of humor through all of it. It helps. Sometimes you just got to laugh at what you're going through. That's another thing I've often wondered. what what Satan and his demons do when I do that? What's he doing? What's he doing? Yeah. God allowed us to turn up the heat a little bit more. Put him through a little bit more. What's he doing? What's he doing? How did he respond? He's um. He's laughing about it. He's what? He's what? I mean, like, he, he's crying. He's he's hysterical. He's, he's going to go to a psych ward. He's laughing. He's making jokes about it. He, are you serious? Dead serious. Watch him. Look at him. You get what I'm saying? Deep breathing, things like that can help. Never underestimate deep breathing. Just go take some deep breaths. And then another thing I learned from Navy SEALs is uh, when you're in the midst of it, man, and it's dark and you're like, "I I can't make it through this. You'll hear that voice. I can't make it through this. It'll typically be in the first person. I can't make it through this. You might hear, like, I'm going to die. This is going to kill me. Learn this from a Navy SEAL. Ask yourself this question. Can I make it through the next 10 minutes? Can I make it through the next 10 minutes? The answer for me has always been, yeah, I can do 10 more minutes. Good, let's do it. You see, when you do that, you stay in the moment, you don't look way ahead, you don't start all the what ifs, you don't start catastrophizing. Can you make it through the next 10 minutes? Yeah. And then you make it through those 10 minutes and you're just like, dude, it still hasn't gone away. It's still really bad right now. Well, can you make it through 10 more minutes? Wait, what? we already did that. Right. But 10 minutes ago, you were completely talking to yourself like you're, you're going to die right now. You can't make it through this. Woe is me. I just want to go to heaven, blah, blah, blah. But you made it through 10 minutes. Yeah, we'll do it again. Can you make it through 10 minutes? I heard a Navy SEAL say that's how he made it through hell week, SEAL training. And then another thing, last thing, I know I got to wrap it up. When you're going through pain and suffering, just remember me saying this man, it's biblical. Wait. Wait. Wait patiently on the Lord. Wait patiently on the Lord. I know that sucks, but that's what we must do. That's faith tested. The waiting, that's faith tested. You ever heard the word in the Bible long suffering? Long suffering. Yeah, we don't we don't use that too much. Right? You don't see any best selling Christian books with that title. Long Suffering. Steps to Long Suffering. <laughs> it means being patient, waiting, trusting God through pain and suffering for a long period of time. Long Suffering. The suffering will end, it will pass. He will restore us in His time, He will make us whole in His time, He will lighten the load in His time. <laughs> Long suffering. Wait, wait patiently on the Lord. And he will what? He will lift you up. How long do you got to wait? I don't know. When we're going through pain and suffering, listen to me, my brothers. I'm going to tell you some things not to do. Don't turn to Instagram. Don't turn to Instagram to go medicate. Don't turn to YouTube, TikTok, porn sites drugs, alcohol, you know, you're going there for a sinful high. You're going there for a sinful fix. You're going there to try to escape, to try to medicate. Listen to me, my brothers, stop. Divorce those old sinful lovers. Get rid of them. Get those apps off your phone and lock your phone down with a password that you don't know. Have a friend put the password in so you can't download those anymore and get new apps. Get covenant eyes like I keep talking about. Train yourself to flex your impulse control muscle. Train yourself to flex your impulse control muscle that Joe Dallas talks about in his book, The Game Plan, the men's 30-day strategy for attaining sexual integrity. Flex your impulse control muscle when you're in the midst of pain and suffering and turn to better things. Turn to better things. My brothers, you need to know that you're not the only one suffering. I'm suffering as well. I'm in pain, even as I record this. I have some very stressful challenges in my life right now, physically, mentally, and relationally. I was in two meetings this week that were full of conflict, and I had to face those um, honestly, with truth, but with love, calm. And I did. At times, I too feel the pull. I feel the pull to turn to sinful things, to try to medicate. But I tell myself, it's all a mirage, Jason. It's all a mirage. And deep down, I know that sin will only make my rough situation much, much worse. Been there, done that, got the scars to prove it. A friend sent me this past week a quote by Elizabeth Elliot. She was the wife of Jim Elliot, who was a missionary and martyr. The quote says, the secret is Christ in me. The secret is Christ in me, not a different set of circumstances. That's so good. Oh, God, take away my circumstances. Put me in a different set of circumstances. Oh, God, take me out of this situation. She goes, that's not the secret. The secret is Christ in me, no matter what the circumstances. Lisa Turkhurst, who wrote the book, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. This is a quote from her That really hit me too this week. She said, some things won't be fixed on this side of eternity. They just have to be walked through. And how do we walk through it? We always walk through it with God and with our brothers in Christ. We don't walk through it alone. See, she's a pain sufferer. I've read her book. She knows what chronic pain is. She knows deep hurt. Some things won't be fixed on this side of eternity. They just have to be walked through. So keep fighting the fight, my brothers. I hope this encourages you and equips you as you face your own pain and suffering. I'm proud of you, and I'm fighting with you. Please keep the Grizz in your prayers. I'm out. (laughs)